Yeah. Well, you have to furnish it. So that's one thing. If you're doing like the renovate refinance strategy, that's like another 10 to $20,000 of expenses that are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome back. It is Sarah Larby. And today I have a really awesome topic, Airbnb properties, how to get the maximum dollar. And I am interviewing Ashley and Spencer Gills. They're real estate investors. They manage a lot of Airbnb properties as well as have some of their own. And uh, we talk about how to get, you know, top dollar for your rentals, what works, what doesn't work and lots of great other things. So if you're looking to diversify, get into that short-term rental, potentially mid-term rental opportunities, Ashley and Spencer, not only do they manage for others, uh, they also have their own and do a great job. And uh, I really enjoy this podcast because as you guys may know, I'm uh, now focusing a lot more on those midterm opportunities, midterm tenancies. I find that the cash flow actually is a little bit better in some markets. Not all markets will, will make sense for this, but I also like that there is no RTA, the Residential Tenancies Act, and a lot of the renters that I get are in between properties. So like my Burlington one, for example, like there's, you know, people staying for a month, three months, and they're waiting for the house construction to be done. They've sold their house, they're moving, they bought another house, and, and they're usually like in between, which um, it makes some really great renters. They're not there forever. They take care of the place. And, uh, and so I, I, do, I do love it. I think for me personally, that's probably where I'm going to go for the majority of the other additional properties that I, I purchase moving forward more so the medium term than the short term. Not that I don't like short term. Short term is great for many different types of properties, but I find midterm one to three months, maybe four months is that, is that good sweet spot where I'm not doing as much management. My cleaner is only really going once every three, four months. And, uh, and I find that the cash flow works just as well. I mean, it's probably not as good as like if you were to turn these places around every couple of days, but I think I found my, uh, my good, like sweet spot or where I like to be um, from a rental standpoint. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. And uh, again, if you need anything, sarahlarby.com. And if you wanted to email me, sarah at sarahlarby.com. So let's bring in Ashley and Spencer. Spencer, Ashley, welcome to the show. How are you? We're awesome. awesome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm excited to have you guys on. I've been watching your Instagram posts and stories for quite some time and, uh, and you guys are, are living the dream. You're living the life. You're traveling. Uh, before we get into that, you know, can you let us know a little bit about you guys and, and how you originally got started in the real estate investing game? Yeah, sounds good. Well, I mean, Ashley got started a, a lot earlier than I did. You, she didn't really realize what she was doing, but she had a little house hack going. But uh, I myself started investing probably just over three years ago. I got my first property with a partner and we actually went straight to the Airbnb route because he had already been well experienced. He had five student rentals at the time. And uh, we had a few colleagues and a few friends that had switched over to the Airbnb and um, saw how much more money you can make, how much easier it was with you know, the tenancy laws, things like that you didn't have to deal with. 
and uh, did the the bird strategy with that first one, and we we haven't looked back since then. We've we've purchased a, a lot more in the last three years. Um, but you can share how kind of you got started. Sure. So the house we're living in now, I actually purchased back in 2011 um, for like $210,000, which is crazy and unheard of now in this area. Um, and the only purpose of wanting to buy it, I had really no intention of getting into real estate at the time, which is because I didn't want to live at home anymore. So, and it really didn't make sense for me to rent in the city that I was still living in and going to school in. So I actually lived in the basement and I rented out the top three floors uh, until we moved in together about four years ago. And then um, at that time I was able to refinance the house and uh, take out a HELOC or a home, equi home equity line of credit. And then we were able to kind of roll it over into other properties from there. Very cool. So can you share what your portfolio looks like today being uh, the start of 2021 and then what that looks like in terms of mix of short-term or long-term or is it all one or the other? Yeah, sounds good. So in total, we have be three residential properties and, and two six unit apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have a total of 15 units. The one six unit apartment building, we're actually just got the plans to, to add two units in the basement. It's unfinished. So we can put um, two, two bedrooms down there. So that's going to be the project this year. And in terms of, we actually do operate 10 other Airbnbs as well. Uh, we have a management business on the side. So we, we deal with a lot of investors from like the GTA is, is our, our main clientele that have purchased property down here. And since we're in the Niagara region, we've been running it and operating it for them just to make their life a lot easier. Very cool. So that is one of the things I want to talk about today and, and, you know, the benefits of short-term, but also there's, you know, there's pros and cons to every single strategy. Me personally, you know, I started as, as, uh, as renting out long-term, but my last few I've, uh, I've changed to short term to medium term. And I think, you know, there's tons of benefits to that, but there's also some risks and there's some downsides, but maybe you guys can share uh, some of the, the, you know, maybe the best pros or, or, you know, the highlights of going that short term route. Sure. Uh, I mean, the biggest pro has, has to be the money, right? Um, the bottom line, uh, you make most of your money within like six months of the year and you're not able to make that kind of cash in a long-term rental. Um, it's professionally cleaned every time a tenant or a, a guest leaves, uh, which is awesome. Uh, and then it's, you're based on, it's a review based system, right? So we review the guests, the guest reviews us. So 99% uh, of the guests we've had like to keep the, the house in tip top form, which is awesome. Yeah. And just, just to add to that, there's, there's a lot of insurance that's, that's backed on that part. Mm -hmm. Like we can vet our guests um, pretty good. I mean, like I said, any, any you're going to do any vetting process on, on a rental, but if you don't, if you have a bad guest that comes wait a few days, they're mm -hmm. gone. Right. Versus we know here in Ontario, if you have a bad tenant, well, hang on wait for, a few months, for six, yeah. <laughs> six to eight months and hope you have a good slush fund. So that was one of the main reasons just because we did have a friend uh, that had a, a pretty bad tenant that uh, has done this multiple times and took about a year to get him out and a lot of money and headaches. So didn't want to go that route. And yeah, the money was the, the biggest attention grabber for us. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the cash and the cash flow, I mean, even for me, when I'm looking at like, you know, the mix of my my cottage and, and my Burlington, the two units there, I, I don't know if I would have been able to create the same cash flow to be able to actually say bye-bye to my, you know, my my job, because that, that right. cash flow is, could be very drastic, right? And I mean, yeah. obviously there's, there's, you know, appreciation, there's mortgage pay down, but in order to really boost the cash flow, the, the short-term to, to medium-term strategy is is definitely, I think, the way to go. And especially if, you know, maybe if it's towards the end of your, your acquisitions where, you know, the bank, cause it's harder to get bank financing, obviously with, mm-hmm. with short-term rentals and that kind of stuff. So I think there's a great opportunity for it to be as part of the portfolio, but you talked about cash, you talked about cash flow. you know, maybe just, let's just take an example of one of your properties in Niagara. What would you get if you were renting it on the regular long-term market versus what are you guys, you know, getting now and, and um, walk us through that? Gotcha. I mean, did you want to go kind of month by month or did you want like an annual report? Let's do annual, but then let's talk about high season and low season and what that looks like. Yep. So we actually just did one on one of our uh, properties here. Uh, It's like on the border of St. Catharines and Niagara on the lake that did 74,000 in the year. Um, But the the key point is, is we bought that property at 393,000 and only put 25 into it. So our, our mortgage itself wasn't that bad. And so on average, it's bringing in about $6,100 a month, which is more than double what you would get in any long-term rent here. Um, so from a cash flow perspective, it averaged out to about $2,400, $2,500 a month. But the majority of that comes in the four months in the summer. So high season is uh, quite strong. Mm-hmm. And I think for that house for market rent, where were we looking at 28 to 3? Grand? For fully, fully furnished, yeah, yeah. it would be like twenty eight hundred max. So you I really can't compare yeah. if you guys were, and that's if if you guys were to furnish it, right? So you know, yeah. not even furnished and just regular would be what twenty five hundred. Twenty five. Twenty five hundred would be like the ceiling, probably. Yeah. And you guys are averaging over six grand. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Now, now, obviously there's low season, there's high season, there's mid season. So it's not like you, you know, if you're listening to this at home, you're getting the six grand every single month. You might, some months you might get more and some months you might get less. So, so how does somebody like analyze what that would look like on an annual basis if they were to break it down by season and, and all that stuff? Right. Like, well, I mean, what we do is we always have a slush fund for the slower seasons, but you have your key summer months. That's usually like June, July, August, and even like half of September. You're probably going to cover your entire year in about a month and a half to two months during those month times. So anything you make outside of those periods will be essentially your cash flow. So in the winter time, obviously your slower seasons after New Year's and Christmas, of course, like January, February, March, even a little bit of April, mm-hmm. you're you're looking at still probably covering your costs. Some some months again, especially now with the whole pandemic going on, we're getting a lot of people that want to get out of the city and work remotely with a bigger space. You know, we're we're close to trails and a beach, so they they love that. Um, so we've actually done a lot better than we have in previous years. Um, but usually the goal is to cover in those slow months. And then in the summer months, like I said, one and a half to two months in those key hot months, you are going to, to cover your entire year's expenses. Yeah. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. 
Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment here and pause the podcast to introduce you to one of my favorite contractors, John from Blackjack Contracting Inc. And he has been serving the Niagara, Hamilton and Brantford areas for the past three years and has become the area's legal basement suite renovation specialist. He works with many investors that I know and some newer investors, some more experienced investors, and he converts single family homes into multiple units, as well as my favorite favorite strategy, the Burr strategy. So he's well versed in those as well to make sure that we can achieve the maximum value of the property and the maximum ARV. He has also completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between as well. They do everything from permitting to the design to the final cleaning before listing our rentals for rent or for sale. And he's also a fully licensed electrical contractor. He's certified with ESA and he will take jobs of all sizes. So no job is too big. He's done a complete guts really from the ground up. So super impressed with his work and what he's been doing for fellow investors that I know as well. So if you wanted to reach out, his website is blackjack contractinginc.ca and you can ask him whatever questions you have. You can also reach out to him Instagram, which is at Blackjack Contracting Inc. And like he says, he knows that investing feels like the biggest gamble of our lives. So when you have Blackjack on your side, the house always wins. I will also add that there is currently a ban as of April 4th on new permits. So he will still actively work to the law's extent and actively work with investors to get projects planned out for when the ban is lifted. So that way you're not necessarily waiting and waiting and waiting. So guys, 100%, I recommend Blackjack Contracting. I will say that finding the right contractor is sometimes a hassle and getting a good one that works with investors that understands the numbers is going to be critical in our success, especially when doing the Burr strategy. And now back to the show. Okay. So let's just maybe work that backwards. Let's just say, for example, it cost you 20 grand to carry that cottage for the, or not the cottage, but your property yeah. in Niagara for the year. Right. So, mm-hmm. so what, you know, per night, roughly, you know, June, July, August, like roughly what do you get per night right now? So August would be like the, it's always been like the highest earning income month. In August, we were getting close to in the weekends, 1500 a night uh, for like Friday, Saturday. So three grand for the weekends. And then during the week, we're getting five to $700 a night. It all depends on the group size too, because we, you know, a lot of these places normally before the regulations could sleep 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. And then every guest after five, we would charge $25 extra per person per night to offset more supplies, wear and tear, things like that. So it could vary, but yeah, you, like I said, this, this August, just looking at the report now, it brought in 21,000 gross for, for August. One month. Okay. And roughly that property, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but roughly like, what do you think the carrying cost a year for that one is? Uh, I have it right here. Carrying costs would be with like everything, internet, cable, like all the extra stuff that you wouldn't necessarily have to pay for 26,000 roughly. Okay. Awesome. So you can see that the cash flow can definitely be a lot better. Now, what are some downsides to going this route versus a long-term tenant? Yeah. Well, you have to furnish it. So yeah. that's one thing. If you're doing like the, the renovate refinance strategy, that's like another 10 to $20,000 of expenses that you won't necessarily see back from an appraisal standpoint. Yeah. So there is that upfront cost. Um, obviously you mentioned at the beginning is that 
the more and more of these that you get, the harder it is to get financing because the banks doesn't look at a short-term rental as uh, an income source, even though it's making double than what it could make. The best they're going to do is slap a schedule A on it and say, yeah, you can get $1,800 yeah. and only half of that qualifies. So yeah. that's, that's a challenge that we've been working on. There's obviously ways to work with the banks on that, but those are probably like the the biggest and ones. then also airbnb can be shut down tomorrow right yep. so we we never purchase a property only thinking in terms of airbnb we're always when we purchase a property we know hey, if we airbnb is our best chance to make the most amount of money however if that gets shut down tomorrow we can rent it out and we'll still cover or we put in enough um work into the property that we know if we sell it we'll make a profit uh, obviously have more than one exit strategy Correct. Yeah, that's smart. And, and, uh, and when you were talking about the financing and you're like, well, you know, they, they'll use the schedule A at 1800, essentially what that means is like the bank will just assume that you're put, putting a long-term tenant in there and they're going to take market rent. And then they're going to look at half of that or 80%. Some banks will look at 80%. Some banks will look at 50% to help you qualify and, and help you with that, uh, that income piece. But I agree with you, like, just like people that are, that are, you know, working for themselves and, and, you know, the banks and everything, they ask for two years of income. It'd be nice if, if Airbnb, if you could show two years of income, just like if it was, you know, a self That would be fantastic. <laughs> and then you do it that way. Cause you know, in a way, like there's, there is wear and tear, but a lot of, you know, the tenants that are going to be there are, are likely going to try to tr treat the place as, as well as, as possible, of course. So you've got the Airbnb and you've got 10 that you're managing, you know, how are you screening right now tenants coming in and out of the places? Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we have a pretty standardized process. Like we have, everything's automated. So we have an automated message that's sent out as soon as they even request a book. Uh, Airbnb is pretty good at, um, only allowing certain people to what's called an like instant book. If you want to book without our approval, you have to have like four or five, yes. five star ratings. Um, and we have it set pretty strict in that regards. Mm -hmm. If not an automated message goes out to them without even like, we haven't even typed it essentially saying, thanks for your interest in the house. Please tell us more about your group and the reason for your travel. Um, Cause a lot of the times they'll say things like, our group or we are very excited and it's one guest. Yeah. So we always want to make sure that we're asking a lot of questions and then we make sure we reiterate like the house rules and things like that if we're a little bit uncertain. Um, but at the end of the day, like things can come through. So we've taken measures, I guess, to put security cameras yeah. in the front of the property. So if it's one guest and 10 show up, we see that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have noise sensors in all of them as well. So just to kind of help um, please the neighborhood for sure. Yeah. Noise but sensors. Oh, that's, well, that's, that's yeah. new. I, that's the first time I hear about that. That's pretty cool. So I have the cameras too, but I don't have the noise sensors. Can you talk to us about that? Sure. Uh, so it's called the company we use is called noise aware. So you purchase the sensor, one goes on the, uh, inside of the property and one goes on the outside. Um, so we like getting the indoor and outdoor, right. To, to, to keep track of the, the noise level, you set it up onto your phone. It's an app on your phone and you can uh, set it to a certain decibel level and you can set it based on the time of day. So after 10 PM, you can make those decibel levels outside go down. Uh, and then anytime it goes past that threshold and it's past that threshold for more than 15 minutes, you get an automatic alert to your phone and then you can go in and you can watch it um, progress. So if you look, you're like, wow, this went from zero to a hundred really, really quickly. Then you can make a call and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's really nice too, because yeah, it, it doesn't record like actual no. audio or anything. It's literally just, just sound the, the intensity of the sound. So I think yeah, after like two or three minutes, if it's consistent, 
we'll get an alert. And at that point, like if it's outside, we can check like the cameras, mm -hmm. things like that. We haven't really had any issues with it. As soon as you tell them that there's a reason why this is a quiet residential neighborhood, we have a no party policy. Like again, we, we finish these houses very nice and put expensive things in them. We want them to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. As soon as you tell them that they're they're usually pretty mm -hmm. compliant and we're very open about that right in our listing before they even request to book it's right there saying we have cameras we have noise sensors if anyone's sensitive about that we usually don't want them booking our place yeah that's mm -hmm. a good point no that, that's really cool so so what else like if somebody wants to get started into this short term whether it's airbnb or, or a different site but into the short-term rentals like what are some of the things okay they have a house maybe they just finished renovating it like, do you, do you guys have like a list of like a few things that you got to make sure that they have, you know, internet or, or cameras? I mean, you named a couple, but like, you know, what else, what else should we be aware of? Yeah, like we, we definitely have a, a pretty standardized supply list that we have. There's things that we have as like a must, like obviously you need a, a very comfy mattress. Most people with Airbnb, obviously before COVID would show up to your place, drop their bags off and they're gone, right? They come back, maybe make a meal, have a shower, sleep, and then they're gone. They're spending most of the time on that mattress. So having really good higher end linens, comfy pillows, comfy mattresses is like a key. Um, obviously having your place uh, done properly. So the temperature is good is also very important. So when you're doing your HVAC work, make sure that that's done properly. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously as many amenities as you can get, the better because it runs off of like a, a yes or no system. Do you have it or do you not? And mm -hmm. the more of those you can check off, the higher they're going to rank you. They're mm -hmm. going to say, okay, these are responsible hosts. They've got everything from cooking utensils to you know, really neat decor, like we're going to promote them a lot mm -hmm. higher than your competition. So, and we usually ask like anytime uh, we're bringing on new clients, we usually ask owners like to spend a few days in the house and actually cook and whatever. So, you know, oh crap, like I need a can opener or the things that you forget to think about. Um, there are, it's on our supply list, but those little things guests really like. Yeah. The number one trending thing this year is outdoor living spaces. We saw like a yeah. huge difference in the properties that we managed that had them, like we've had a few properties in the fall that were similar, exact same house. Just one had an outdoor living space, one did not. And the person who spent $1,500 on like a cheap patio set from Home Depot and a little table made an extra 10 grand. Like it was almost consistent over multiple properties. So that mm -hmm. one was definitely big outdoor yeah. living spaces people love. Yeah. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors. And Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome, Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the, the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. 
That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, give us a call or text at 905-592-4220, or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. That is really good insight. I mean, other than like internet and like AC and you mentioned cable, like are there other like really cool things that you would suggest? I mean, and you mentioned the outdoor outdoor space, but anything else that, you know, maybe indoors that we should, we should also have, whether it's, it's games or, you know, just different things like that. Yeah, we, we like to bring games by, even just like the ones from the dollar store. We bring like little cookbooks by or magazines and stuff. Um, our houses that we have are by the beach. So we also have uh, like little beach chairs and umbrella and um, beach towels and stuff that guests can use. We also have like a very beach theme throughout the house. And I, re- I think guests really like the themed kind of stuff. Like you mentioned, if you have a cottage to have like more of a cottage or cabin theme guests really like that so yeah and and spending the extra money on like the decor we put a lot of fake plants and like seashells and things like that where you're not going to see this back from a a refi perspective but with airbnb you have about two seconds to impress someone or they're going to slide to the next listing so you need to have um those photos that capture people's attention that literally when they're going through your photos they're imagining themselves sitting on that outdoor patio set drinking a coffee or a glass of wine looking at like the beach or the trees and you need them to actually be there to, you know, we do charge a pretty penny in the summer for that place. So you have to make sure that you spare no expense that when they do show up, they're, they're getting the full experience. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So some great insight for sure. Now, what about when it comes to management of the shorter term rentals and the turnover and all that stuff? Like, what are some things that you can inform us about that uh, we should be aware of? We need to have an amazing cleaning team. Uh, they cannot be one person, especially when you're dealing with multiple properties. In the summertime, you are dealing with three to four changeovers per week per property. And to make it even worse, that changeover happens between 11 and four o'clock. So mm-hmm. you only have a four hour window, ideally, if people check out on time, yeah. to make sure that the cleaners are there on time and they're doing a fantastic job this year more than ever with everything going on, right? We've had to increase, obviously, our costs a bit on the cleaning supplies because we're using all government regulated cleaning supplies and they are spending a little bit more time doing going over high touch surfaces multiple Mm -hmm. times. So cleaning team is definitely important, getting them to show up on time to be consistent, to leave things the exact way that your photos appear. Um, Then obviously just any general maintenance and dealing with, with people. Um, We need to have eyes on the, the message board at all times, right? Because response time is, very important aspect um, for a guest experience. If they're having a small issue and you can resolve that right away, it's a small issue and it's forgotten. If you take three hours to respond and it's something that's ruining their vacation, well, now you have a lot more work to do. Yeah. And owners also forget that uh, you need to deal with garbage too, even though like you can't ask guests to put it out every week. So we have someone else that comes in and takes out garbage once a week for us as well. That's a great tip as well, because so they, what did they just put in the backyard and in the bin? And then you just kind of do that way. You don't have to go inside. Should they still be there? Is that, is that how you guys do it? 
yeah, absolutely. They collect, we tell them at the end of this day, just collect it and put it in that specific bin. Mm-hmm. And then even if they're okay with it, because again, it's just on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a guest staying there, we let them know, hey, so-and-so is going to be by at this time to grab the garbage. So it's usually on a, a weekly basis in the summer. We usually ramp it up to twice a week because the bigger groups you get, more garbage. We don't want it overflowing and dealing with raccoons so and things just, like that. Yeah, no, of course. So you grab that and you, what, you just bring it to the dump? They do. Yeah, they, they, they do. take it to the dump and then they just uh, charge us for whatever the extra cost was. Yeah, that, that's worth it. I mean, like it is. at the end of the day, especially if they're going to be in and out and it's not like they're a monthly or two month stay, you know, you want to make it as, as seamless and easy as possible. And so, so the garbage thing I think is, is a great tip. Any other tips that you can share? Uh, during the slower months, we really pivot our listings to target uh, essential workers, especially because we're right by the canal, right by the hospital. We do have a lot of essential workers that come by. Uh, so their company is usually paying for the stay and they'll stay for like two to three weeks at a time. And they're awesome because they're working all day and then they come back and they sleep and then they're working all day. But that's a great way to cover. And to be honest, we make we make cash flow off of essential workers. Yeah. And, and from the management side of running this thing, like obviously the money is a lot better, but there's a lot more work involved. So mm-hmm. automating your day to day stuff as much as you can mm-hmm. is extremely helpful. So having those automated messages send out for like check-in and check-out, um, having like your cleaning team, for example, syncing into your calendar instead of trying to reach out to them every single time there's a new booking, you know, for one or two properties, that's fine. But when you have 12 to 15 or, or more, you know, you need, you need to hold them accountable to go in. You're giving them a ton of business. So, you know, here's what we need you to do. So that's something that we've done with our cleaning team. And it's definitely saved a lot of headaches uh, on our end. That's great. How are you guys managing like snow and grass cutting right now? So yeah, it's, a, it's actually the same person that does, well, except for snow removal. He, the same person that does our garbage does our, he actually has a um, um, property maintenance or like lawn care. Um, that's the word I'm looking for. Lawn care. Yeah, lawn care business. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he, he does that once a week. Like I said, he'll go over and, and cut on a specific day. And luckily for us, a lot of our properties that we own are in the same area, but the ones in the falls, he'll go in one day and, and he'll hit all those. So again, if we have guests, we let them know. Snow, we've dealt with a few different companies. Um, if there's any others in the area, we're not exactly happy with the people we're using right now. But uh, if there's, a, I think, was it two inches of snow, they go and then they charge us. We've dealt in the past, we've paid for the season, but we've had that happen where they've gone twice and we've spent over $500. So we've just been doing per plow now, which again, we're, we're still kind of looking for that. We have one, but again, we're, we're still looking for someone who can take on a little bit more properties. This person can only do a few. So we're, uh, we're working that out still. In that area. Yeah. I mean, for, for my Burlington one, I've got a company and I paid them for the season and they're actually what the guy's an investor too. And, and getting into nice. real estate investing. I don't think he goes out your way, unfortunately, <laughs> otherwise yeah, I would too bad. connect you. And then we've got for, for the cottage one, we just, we're, now we're just paying for each plow each time. Um, Cause you know, again, depending on if there's going to be no one for two weeks, I don't really care if they go or not. <laughs> exactly. right. Yeah. I find that's the best way to do it. Even if you pay a little bit more, like yeah. it's, it's better that way. I think for, for up, if it's your cottage is up North, that makes sense. But for down here, I think last season we paid like 500 bucks and I swear it snowed like four times. Yeah. So yeah. yeah well, what, that's when we, we did our <laughs> analysis, we realized yeah. we, we overspent in that category for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. But just something to consider, right? Something to add yeah. to your internet costs, the extra insurance costs, like all those like little additional things. And, you know, like also being an, an Airbnb host, like we still have to factor in, there's still maintenance and, and capital expenditure, but there's things like toilet paper and soap and hand paper and, you know, all those other things that like will need to be replaced. And even just like, like dish. So like, there's so many, so many things, right? Like laundry. So many. And so, so there's definitely a budget that needs to be allocated to that as you're looking at your cash flow. You know, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, depending on how busy you guys are, it might be a hundred dollars a month potentially or, or, or more. Right. So yeah. uh, just keep that peace in mind. Like, do you guys have a, a way that you, you manage all the supplies right now? Is that your cleaning team or, or is yeah. there a way that you guys do it? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, our clean team, we, we do like a little like playbook, I guess. Spencer kind of puts it together for them. So he takes pictures like, okay, like the glasses go here, all of that stuff. But then we also have um, a certain amount of amenities that are out and then some that are uh, behind a locked door that's just for the cleaners. So for instance, for toilet paper, we always do one on the roll and um, three or four in as spares in each bathroom so that we don't leave the entire roll, all the rolls out there. So yeah, and we have like, we have a supply list too. So they can go in and it has like how many should be in there. So when it's getting low, they usually let us know. And um, sometimes they'll go get it. But a lot of times we just buy in bulk. We suggest like go to Costco. If you have the supply closet, that's locked by the way, make sure it's locked. Mm -hmm. Um, Buy like three to four months worth of it at a time, just because I don't want to be running out. We don't want to be running out on like a Friday night to get toilet paper or dish soap or something stupid. We just want to make sure there's plenty there. Even when it gets down to, oh, you only have a month left. Okay, go buy four more. Like it's just, we know we're going to use it. It's locked, it's controlled. So we, we highly suggest doing that. Yeah, absolutely. That That's a great tip. And as you were saying this, I, I'm just thinking, you know, it's smart of you guys to just put three or four because during the, the, the toilet paper shortage pandemic, when COVID first started, <laughs> it would have definitely been gone. We could have been retired now by selling oh that, God. guaranteed. Oh, but that was bad because we were getting a lot of ours from Costco and you could only buy like one at a time. Yeah. So I'd be like, okay, you go, I'll go in next. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of the pandemic, like how has the properties or how have the properties performed, you know, basically throughout what's been happening from, you know, I would say March of 2020 until, you know, today. Yeah, it's a good question. It's actually a question we get all the time. Our St. Catharines properties did better this past summer than the summer previous. And I think it's because um, in most of the properties we have are by the beach and they're larger. And we are finding a lot of people from the GTA just wanted to get out of their tiny apartments and they were able to work from there and they had a backyard, they had a beach, they had hiking trails. Um, the places we manage in Niagara Falls didn't do as well. They definitely took a hit this past summer because they're the ones that get a lot of international and US tourists. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's good insight. I mean, I guess it depends on exactly where you are and, and who you're catering to. What are your thoughts about, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of, of requests right now on Airbnb is people wanting to quarantine uh, in the properties. Maybe they're traveling back. I mean, personally, I don't have an issue with it as long as they're not sick and they're doing it and they let me know if they're sick. But, you know, what, what's your take on, on people wanting to use the properties for quarantining? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely okay with it as long as they have the proper documentation. And then obviously there's a bigger cleaning procedure afterwards. Um, but if they're quarantining there for two weeks and they've had no symptoms, we'll typically reach out and ask to see how they're feeling. Uh, and then we usually block 
a, a certain amount of days off after as well. Um, okay. The cleaners go in there and then obviously we, we let our cleaning staff know the situation. So they go in with a lot more uh, protective gear, things like that to make sure that it's, it's fully sanitized. So we'll, we'll spend a little bit more money on that, on that end, but we also charge it back. So um, it, it works. We, we don't mind it at all. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about, you know, medium term stays? Like, do you guys do anything more than 28 days or three, you mentioned two or three weeks at a time? Like, are there any requests that you get for your St. Catharines Niagara properties for, you know, a one month to six month type of stay? Yeah, we do. So I actually mentioned it earlier, we get a lot of essential workers, like, cause we live near the canal. So we've had, we've had a company that's rented out multiple of our properties actually, and, and put three or four other guys in each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically we just do it in like 27, 28 day increments though. They just, yeah. they'll just rebook. So it's not like one contract for three to four months for certain reasons there. Um, and they're, they've been really good with it because mm-hmm. she mentioned the company itself is paying for it. It's, it's not them. They don't care. And now that we've, been doing this long enough we have a lot of repeat business so we can we trust them um, a lot more but mm-hmm. for anyone new we suggest doing it that way just to be on the safe side it doesn't it doesn't hurt you you can always waive the cleaning fee if they want to renew another 27 days or whatever yeah yeah awesome now you know what about just moving forward like do you, what are your your plans for for 2021 are, are you pivoting are you continuing to acquire are you going to continue the same strategy with uh What's, what's the plan for, for this year? Uh, so we plan to grow our management business and we're always taking on new clients and it's actually gotten quite busy, which is amazing. Us personally, we've uh, moved into more of like the long-term commercial side and we are looking to invest in larger um, apartment buildings at this point. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We're just looking to scale up. That's, that's all. Like, obviously if a, if a good deal comes around the market's pretty crazy right now, but mm-hmm. if a good deal presents itself, we're always going to entertain it. Like yeah. there's tons of opportunity. There's always areas to look. So we're, we're running MLS a lot, <laughs> a lot, but we, we've gone to see a bunch of properties, but every time we go see them, it's, there's already four offers on this and, and we're not in the mood to get into a bidding war at this point. So. No, I mean, at, at the time of recording, it's, uh, it's January, 2021. And I will say I've like everything that I would buy. I've, I've been competing with, I would say the minimum five offers at the maximum 20 offers. I mean, the, yeah. the supply and, and demand is just something I've, I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen it this extreme probably since I started investing seven years ago, it's never been this nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. So we've just been kind of leveraging everything we can that we own now using that. And we're looking for opportunity because when it comes, we're ready. Mm-hmm. Cool. I know we're, uh, we're approaching our time, but I, I'm very envious of all your travels and, uh, and you recently went to BC, which, which it sounds like it was a, a beautiful trip from the pictures, but you guys travel a lot. Can you just share, you know, cause obviously scaling a business and, and doing this, you know, we, we all want to do it for, for bigger goals and, and yeah. have fun and to be able to have that time freedom. It's not about just like acquiring properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like travel's a, a big thing for, for you guys and you've got some cool travel hacks sometimes and, and you've got some, uh, some really good insights. So I'm just going to throw it out there. You guys feel free to share what you want, but you know, what can you share about traveling? Yeah. So when we first met, Spencer wasn't a big traveler. I was always the, the bigger traveler. And um, I took him on his first long haul flight to Vietnam, like four years ago or so. And he, at that point was like, 
there is no way I can do 14 hours in economy all the time. Um, we, there's got to be a way to do this better. So that's when we started to get into travel hacking and collecting points and miles. And now we're able to fly these long haul flights in business and first class. Um, it is definitely a full-time hobby. It, this, if you want to get really into it, you, you really have to put a lot of time and energy into it. But we first started reading a lot of blogs. Uh, Prince of Travel is a great Canadian resource and paying attention to what credit cards you have and what points you can use them for. So we typically use uh, Aeroplan Miles. It's the best for Canadians right now, the best program to use right now. Um, that's how we got out to BC. It's how we got to Banff in the summer this past year. Um, so you're looking at TD, C, uh, CIBC, they have Aeroplan branded cards and Amex, to be honest, that's mostly Amex is what we, we target the most. Uh, and don't be afraid of high minimum spends because they come with high point values and those point values can get you $10,000 flights. Yeah. So, I mean, like the, the main reason why we did that obviously is for real estate is for time freedom because we yeah. do love to travel and there are ways out there where you can, you know, the one trip we did last year, I think we would have retailed over a hundred grand per person and it cost us just under a thousand dollars from these points things. And when you tie it into real estate, you know, you typically have a decent expense portfolio when you're looking at materials mm -hmm. and, you know, if you're paying certain contractors, if they take credit, mm -hmm. um, but usually just materials alone, if you put it on the right categories and in the right cards, there are obviously point multipliers, but also bonuses that you can get. So if you time things properly, you know, it's, it's very easy to hit these minimum spends that come with a big sign up bonus. Like there's, you can get two cards right now and then put your materials on and in, in two or three months, you're flying business class round trip to Southeast Asia and back for a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, we kind of put the two and two together. So we make sure that our, all of our expenses, not only do we get to write those off from tax purposes, but we're going to get a return back from a points and miles perspective and mm -hmm. travel frugally, but high end. Very cool. I mean, it, it sounds fun. It, it sounds like you said it was another full-time hobby, so. yeah. <laughs> but you know, yes. it's well worth it. I mean, a $10,000 flight, if you can get it for a hundred dollars, why not? And I, and I will preface this by saying, I'm sure you guys are very good with your credit cards and pay them in full. So like guys don't yes. just go out and get stuff on points yes. and spend stuff pay and then percent <laughs> interest rate because that will defeat the whole purpose. <laughs> yeah, Correct. don't do that. But also don't be afraid of having multiple credit cards because when done right, and like you said, you pay it off in full, it does actually help your credit. And I think a lot of people don't understand that part of it. Awesome. Thanks guys for sharing. It was tons of fun talking about, you know, short-term rentals with you. The next part of the podcast is the lightning round. So I'm going to ask you five questions. You can share the same answer or you can each give me an answer. However you guys want to do it. That's cool. You're ready to play. Yeah. All right. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Megan Chomut. If you're looking for a great financial advisor to add to your team who actually understands and incorporates real estate as part of your overall plan and gets your money working for you, you can reach out to Megan at meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. And also she's offered for my podcast listeners to provide you with a free customized individualized 90 day game plan for getting ahead. So to get that, go to meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. That's M-E-G-H-A-N-C-H-O-M-U-T.com forward slash Sarah. And now back to the show. All right, here's the first question. Question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book? Rich dad, poor dad. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not. Yeah. I know it's just specifically real estate. Rich dad, poor dad. That counts, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the number one mentioned book when I ask the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I believe that for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, number two, I don't know if you guys are podcast listeners, but do you have a favorite podcast? It could be about any topic. You listen to more than I do. We've been uh, listening to the Andrew Hines podcast a little bit more. Yeah. Um, wow. I can't, I think bigger pockets. Yeah. That's the one that I started off with. Just, I went nuts with that when, when I found it. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Number three, what do you do for fun when it's not about real estate investing? Just travel count. <laughs> travel. Uh, we're also yeah. very big sports people. Yeah. I'm into hockey, me into soccer. Yeah, I love yeah. hockey. Nice. Nice. Sounds fun. So just, I just curious, here's a follow-up question, but how many, how many trips do you take a year on average COVID aside? So we usually take one larger trip. So we, we also work full time still. So we do have vacation time constraints for now. That's hopefully going to change soon. Um, so we take usually one larger trip, like three weeks. We take another trip that would be like 10 to 12 days and then probably three or four weekend, weekend long weekend trips. So maybe like All right. Five, well, that's that's still a good amount. What do you guys do for, for work for your full time? I work in HR. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sales manager for a, a food processing company. I don't know. Do you, can I say it or is it going to be? I mean, you can say it if you want. It's, it's up to you. <laughs> you don't have to, but sales manager yeah. for sales. Awesome. Yeah, sales manager. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Cool. Both of us have been more busy during COVID, not yeah. less. How about that? <laughs> we, plan on, we plan on leaving the jobs very soon. That's why I didn't want to say it. <laughs> Nice. All right. Uh, number four, if you lost all your money, all your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? Raise capital. Yeah. Raise capital. That's a good one. All right. And number five, last question. If somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, what do you recommend they do with that money? Talk to us. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to expand on that at all? Well, we're always looking for partners, okay. right? Um, we actually have, we're working with a few people right now that want to get started on their first deal. So again, they're just, they've worked really hard to save up a, a lot of money and they don't want to make any mistakes, but they don't know where to start. So we're, we're partnering up with these people to, to help them and, you know, benefits both parties, right? We're going to make sure that we get them a, a rock star deal and uh, we get uh, a small piece of it as well, right? For our, for, for our time. All right. Very cool. Thanks for playing the lightning round. Spencer, Ashley, where can my listeners reach out and find out more about you? So we're on Instagram at Spencer and Ashley, and also our property management company is Travelux Property Management on Instagram. All right. Very cool. And I finished with this question to all guests. Any final last words of advice? Last words of advice. Uh, we say just go for it. Um, with the real estate stuff, I know Spencer had talked about it for a while and it took us a little while to actually pull trigger. So um, yeah, just go for it and always have exit, exit strategies, multiple. Yeah. My thing is just, just plan and then execute, like follow through with it, right? I know a lot of people read a ton of books and they're ready, but you don't take that next step until you actually go out and, and do it. So execution is, is key. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ashley and Spencer. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid. But as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. 
And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.